0: Wow. You're going to like this. Oh, no, I'm not. Because there is no goddamn middle.
1: This is not unlike ancient Rome, by the way. Not so much the family circus. (laughs) Yeah. When I, did, when I did Mary Shelley, I had the same issue with necromancy. A lot of them yeah. wanted to create self-sustaining farms and got into crystals. I know! Okay. I
0: understand that.
1: And, <laughs> but yeah, I'm reading Livy, uh, who is a shitty historian. Because eerie guy Others say that because Laurentia's body was common to all the shepherds around, she was called a she-wolf. Which is a Latin term for whore. You were audible last season. It just, most of it was you slamming the table. As, as <laughs> the,
0: the, the Romanists at the table. Well, duh. Yeah. Obviously. Ipso facto. Right. You know, to engage in a little bit of my own, dog Latin.
2: You have a sword rat.
1: is a geek history of time
0: where we connect nerdery to the real world my name is ed Blaylock. i'm a world history teacher and an english teacher here in northern california and uh (laughs) just uh the other day um i had to start wearing a, a wrist brace to work holding it up in the in the camera here uh, because earlier in the year, I, I hurt myself working on the house and, uh, because I am no longer as young as you are. Um, I, I, I have a habit of, uh, re-injuring myself from time to time. Don't know how I did it. But, uh, when I first started wearing the brace to, to school, I had my students who are all sixth graders. Remember, ask me, Mr. Blaylock, what happened to your hand? And I, you know, didn't want to like let them know how I'd hurt myself. uh, But I didn't really have a great answer. And the only thing that occurred to me was just to look at them and say, werewolves sit down. And uh, when they immediately, when they, of course, naturally asked follow-up questions, I said, you know, what, what I get up to in my own time is none of your business. Sit down. And um, so that percolated. And, and I had, you know, some of the more innocent, you know, childlike kids go, really? And, you know, I, I chuckled inwardly. Well, I had to start wearing the brace to school again. And this time I had another couple of students ask me, Mr. Blaylock, is it the werewolves again? And this time I looked at him and said, no, dark magic, sit down. So, like, if you don't get to try to mess with your students' heads, why are you even in education? Like, why are you even teaching middle school if you don't try to fuck with them? Like, I mean, figuratively, obviously, but you know what I mean. So that's that's what I have going on. Um, how about you?
1: Well, I'm Damian Harmony. I'm a Latin and uh, U.S. history teacher here at the high school level. Uh, by the time this drops, I might be done being a Latin teacher, depending on how far ahead in the recording queue we end up being. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, but, uh, but anyway, um, I I actually, <laughs> the difference between a middle school teacher and a high school teacher, I would have been like, oh, from its repetitive motion stress, I was at a faculty meeting, and they were talking, so. Um... <laughs>
0: See, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the biggest reason I want to move to teaching at that level, <laughs> is being able to unleash that, but yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, for me, um, my my son and daughter just finished a author's lab thing where they publish your stories for you. It's kind of cool. Second one for my daughter. First one for my son. Very Um, cool. He was writing a fanfic of Sonic the Hedgehog uh, and in that universe and then mixed it with the the video game Ultimate Alliance. Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Unfortunately, because I guess they sell the books, um, they had to go through and change all of his characters' names. Oh, shit. so as to avoid copyright stuff, which is a was a bummer for him, but he mm. seemed to take it in stride. Yeah, um, and I wonder if they actually understand what a control F is because it sounds like they had to go through in every single one. And I'm like, you could just find and replace, you know, like yeah. ask him all the names he used. he'll tell you like we were watching an avatar the last airbender episode tonight and he just looks like oh this is the one with maru and i was like what the f- who the fuck is maru like <laughs> we watched this, this shit 3 years yeah. ago yeah and i was like what, what are you talking about and and sure enough oh and maru's out there like bending bending sand and shit so it was it's it's not like his memory wouldn't have worked but anyway yeah. so he is very stoked and his next project that he wants to work on is what if rocket raccoon stole the golden spike from promontory point Point? and i'm okay I'm, yeah i was like do it do I'm, it
0: i'm down for that
1: yeah so yeah now i look into nice. the screen uh and yes. uh the screen looks back into me much like an abyss and i see that there are two familiar faces just like there were last week uh ed would you like to introduce our guests
0: Uh, yes. Um, so our, our two guests are, uh, my, uh, very good friends, uh, and now friends of the show, I can say, Mm -hmm. um, Sean and Tessa. Um, I don't want to put out last names just, you know, in case so, uh, but, um, flipping a coin in my head and Tessa, why don't you go first introduce yourself to the people?
2: Hi, my name is Tessa. Um, I am a artist on the internet who draws lots of really funny shit and lots of uh, somewhat questionable shit, um, which is why we won't be having any buying factors on here. Um, I've been in fandom spaces since I was twelve, maybe, um, and continued okay, so to do like so well years. into my thirties. Cool. Oh, yeah okay. right yeah, well into my 30s we're gonna be 36 next month
1: wow hey
2: so yeah that's uh yeah that 24 years of fandom okay officially i, I,
1: I just need to break in here you're gonna be 36 mm-hmm. next month yeah okay that means that the very first class of kids that i taught are your age I taught a group of sophomores <laughs> back in 2002.
2: Yep, that would have been... Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so that
2: was a senior. We graduated 2005.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. Mm-hmm. That was my first year at my current uh, assignment. Yep. It was your senior year. So. am. All right. All right. Luckily, our next guest won't make me feel so old.
3: No, I, I think I have the... Uh... The uh, most gray hair and the uh, least of it in this particular group. (laughs) I am uh, Sean. I don't mind using the last name Smith. And uh, I am a um, geek engineer all around uh, nerd, professionally speaking. And wildly unprofessionally speaking, I've been in um, fan spaces and a uh, fan fiction writer and editor and beta and so forth forever and a day. I uh, just did the math uh a little bit ago because i was realizing just how old i was and realized the first piece of fan fiction that i i wrote and published dates back to 1983 and i really hope that one never sees the light of day but uh <laughs> yeah i am ancient and decrepit hi
0: okay so wait 83 what, what was uh, it about what or what fandom was it in you can you can just leave it at that
3: uh, it was uh, the uh, Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Riders series. Okay. Oh, yeah. the
1: pern. That's. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, so you were you were doing fanfic pern. Yes, I was for our Irish Very... audience. Writing <laughs> Oh, A dragon pern, were you? Okay, there. Oh, let's see where this thread
0: leads us, shall we?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. There was a there was a book game called Ace of Aces, which uh Ed will likely remember. Um, just two books, and you I do. call out numbers. There was another one that came out called Dragon Riders of Pern. Same exact mechanic. McCaffrey had licensed it, I guess. And so that's the only exposure I've ever heard, had to the 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 Perniverse, as as I'm sure it's called. Um, but uh <laughs> uh but yeah huh. so i i've been i've been hunting down that 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 book game uh for my daughter and i for like the last three or four years uh no no luck under two hundred dollars so
0: oh shit really
1: because they know it's a it's a seller's market on that yeah know? well
0: yeah okay so, that that does make sense yeah. wow
1: now now for our audience um just just so y'all know Um, we, uh, we recorded, uh, two other episodes prior to this, uh, with these two guests. So if you've just come into this one, you're a monster and you don't understand how a social contract works. Um, go back and listen to (laughs) a and B first. Yes. Um, and that, that way you'll understand, uh, the context, uh, in order to understand this episode.
0: Yeah. Just, just as a, as a warning for you, if you are one of those sociopaths, um, like seriously, you're going to have a very hard time following along. Like you, you need to go back and listen to the first two. You All
2: still right. might have a hard time following along because.
1: Well, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, two people with yes. hyperfocus. <laughs> I was going to say
1: in coate, but sure. Yeah, hyperfocus okay. sounds good.
3: <laughs>
0: okay.
1: All right, so so where last we left off Ed? Where were we? Uh,
0: yeah. If if, if I'm remembering correctly, um, when we left off last, we had been talking about. Uh, the the differing legalities in in Japan as opposed to the United States and the flourishing, I'm going to call it subculture of uh, dojin uh, as a as an accepted part of um, manga culture as a whole as kind of as a contrast and also because of cross germination. Uh, that then that then occurs uh, within within those fandoms from Dojin into fan fan works created on this side of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. So and then chronologically in terms of Western fandom, we had I think gotten to the end roughly of the 1970s and yeah. had been talking a lot about Star Trek, which is where a lot of to summarize. Uh, where a lot of the culture of fan fiction in the American sphere has its roots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Indeed. where 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 do you want to take us from that that jumping off point?
3: Uh, well, I'm calling this uh, the Silver Surfing Age. Uh, seems good, and it starts with 1980, and so 1980 just setting the uh setting the menu setting the uh, table for everyone uh we're talking about now a uh, three dollars ten cent minimum wage it is uh time of empire strikes back
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh also other amazing films such as um the forbidden zone yeah. battle <laughs> beyond the stars yeah. Um, yeah, uh, for a little bit less on the bad and more on the amazingly awesomely bad. Also flesh Gordon. Aww. I remember seeing that one in, um, uh, uh, in a drive-in and yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you never forget your, your first exposure to Brian blessed.
3: <laughs> you know, it's kind of odd. I hear, I hear he, uh, Grew up in a town that was also home for a school for the deaf.
0: One what never would have
3: thought. Mm-hmm. Shocking. <laughs> uh but uh not shocking. Um die. Yeah. You've actually got the beard now.
0: Yeah, I, I kinda do. I'm kinda proud of that, I have to say. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, I got you beat, I got the physique. <laughs> 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 but uh uh TV we're talking about Company, MASH, Magnum PI. Okay, WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay, so that's, no, that's, good that's stuff. a winner. That's yeah. a winner. All right. uh, okay, for everybody who is not ancient decrepit, 1980 was the year the porn identity came out as a novel. Oh, okay. Just in case you're curious, Matt Damon, not always cast as, a as the role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: mm,
3: true story. Wow. And, yeah, I know, right? Uh, for Damien, Han Solo and Lost Legacy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I love that one.
1: Yeah, uh, that's also. Uh, did the Stars End come out before that?
3: Uh, Stars End came out before that one. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, those are great. I, those those are absolutely outstanding. And, so, uh,
0: oh, sorry. So what I'm so what I'm seeing in in the science fiction space, uh, and what I'm remembering from other research that I've done is there everybody and their uncle uh was trying to was trying to capitalize on the popularity of Star Wars
1: mm-hmm.
0: by putting out a lot of schlocky ass sF yes um and just nobody else quite managed to figure out the um hero with a thousand faces magic the cambellian uh uh wonder uh of of the original, but everybody was trying
3: yes, okay. Now, there is one bit of, of interesting thing in the book arena. Uh, 1980 is when Robert Asprin published Myth Conceptions. Anybody here Robert Asprin fans? No. I know you are, Ed.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't count. I know.
3: I'm more you of totally a count.
1: ibuprofen fan myself.
0: Nice. nice. Well, well done.
3: It does a lot less damage to your uh, to your uh, liver, I believe. Yeah.
1: No, it's Robert Tylenol. Oh, okay. Right. Yes.
0: Um actually I think Tylenol is the one anyway sorry carry on
3: <laughs> so uh mythconception is actually really awesome the uh, first book in a in in a really awesome uh, fantasy series that uh came about because Robert Aspirin was writing really really grim dark dark ultra grim stories with mercenaries uh burying themselves alive underground so that uh, to to uh, avoid allowing. The other side to get an accurate uh, uh, head count of, of of who was killed off in battles and this kind of stuff. And he was writing this and, and got burnt out about halfway through the book. I was like, I don't think I want to write this anymore. <laughs> and so he he stayed up late watching um, and uh, kids. Once upon a time, uh, TV was pre-programmed by other people, and you were forced to watch whatever was on the three available channels. Mm-hmm. And here was Bob Hope and Bing Crosby Road movies Mm -hmm. and he ended up watching that all night long and was like this is awesome I love this and then proceeded to basically completely steal the entire plot and characterization from a couple of Bing Crosby uh, Road movies and say what if they were you know a wizard and a dragon and a unicorn and a demon how about we have that
0: so that explains why Oz is always drawn that way. Yes. He's Bob Hope. He's Bob Hope. Fuck me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sorry. So yeah.
3: No, no, it's, but it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful description of a, of a great little piece of a very professional fanfic, which is uh, I love this thing. What if I flipped it into this other completely unrelated genre? Mm-hmm. And so, generally speaking, you can find cool stuff.
0: So so it's an officially published version of an AU, or alternate universe, fanfic.
1: I am so proud of you, Ed. Look at you losing using terms. <laughs> well, but the hey.
3: actual thing that causes this to be the start of the of the silver surfing age is absolutely deep geekery that no one will care about other than me. Uh, but... This is when Unix to Unix copy protocol or UUCP was first introduced to create the start of Usenet. And Usenet is only just now out of existence. It's it's only only recently um, now in the 2020s uh, faded out, but it was threaded discussions like a modern social media uh, network, like Twitter or that kind of thing only it was originally intended for uh, scientists, computer science geeks, all of these kind of nerds. DARPA. And yes, absolutely, this goes back to DARPA, uh, uh, to be able to disseminate information. The problem was who was going to run this? No one wanted to. And so the idea was not a problem it'll just be a a, a bulletin board a BDS exactly mm-hmm. you post and it's up there and anybody uh wants to subscribe they pull it down copies mm-hmm. from the from the nearest uh server and so imagine if uh Twitter or uh or similar had nobody running it uh, okay more so than now okay yeah. even more so um,
0: <laughs> actually was, had nobody in charge instead of having the worst possible person in charge.
3: Yes, yes, actually. Uh, completely decentralized. No one ran it. No one controlled it. Kind of everyone did. And this Usenet is the origin of things like, that you're familiar with, like uh, FAQ or FAC,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh Flame, Sock Puppet, Spam, Email. Uh, well, it's fl- not the
1: origin of that, but I remember my first emails were things that I got arguing with people on BBS's. Absolutely. Um, but I, I should, and there's a reason I bring up, you know,
3: flame, sock puppet, spam, flame war. Um, the history of fanfic for this period is then full of flames, sock puppets. And flame wars um what was the internet like at the time okay this is where it gets uh, uh, cute modems were either 300 or 1200 baud mm-hmm. or put another way for everybody who's got like a one megabit connection and thinks that's slow it was
1: 0.12 percent of that speed yeah you could literally see the the uh text crawling across and if you're a quick reader you could actually have to wait yeah. I yeah. I I remember that very, very vividly. Yep. Um <laughs> I remember reading fanfic on uh BBSs, actually. Uh a lot of my what first experiences of uh of erotic uh Brady Bunch stories uh were uh on BBSs. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> I got Ed Prang and uh may have converted Tessa. Um, <laughs>
2: You can't, you can't shock me. You
1: no. forget. <laughs>
2: you forget.
1: Yeah, I just want to know if anybody wrote a, rewrote the song. Not that I oh. saw. Not that I saw. Because see,
3: that would be necessary.
2: None of you have ever called my voicemail, have you? No, no.
3: Do you have an erotic Brady Bunch song on your voicemail?
2: It's not erotic, but boy, howdy, am I getting some ideas! It is a version of the Brady Bunch theme, though.
1: It's it's a neurotic <laughs> version of the Brady Bunch. <laughs>
2: Pretty and, much, because I always yeah. forget it's there until somebody reminds me. But this reminded me. Yeah,
3: and now I realize I'm gonna to have to give Tess a call.
2: Okay, there you go. It's great. It's a good times. Not lie. I'm pretty proud of it.
3: <laughs> so we have the we have the earliest, most painful two color, black and green, or or mm-hmm. black and uh,
1: monochrome, amber, basically. yeah,
3: uh, a version of the internet uh, moving along at the at the speed of heat Mm mm-hmm uh uh, one wealth of one percent of a megabit um and the delorean was a new car Mm -hmm. yep there you go uh
1: as we're kind of like going through this this period we get into about 82 83 now just so that we have some perspective here delorean was a new car The cost of a cross-country astrologer was roughly three thousand dollars a month. (laughs) Just keeping that perspective, like that's that's where the market was at the time. Right. Right.
0: Well, okay. Admittedly, that was a high end.
1: That's true. That's true. That's That's the presidential suite. That's the
0: presidential. That's the that's the first lady's astrologer. Yes. Yes. Just say no. You know.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Voting Republican. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was going to say sanity, but sure.
3: Yeah, well. All
1: so right. uh, so that's what's we, going on in the 80s. It's 82, let's 83, like you said. Now we get 82, 83, we get TCP IP installed.
3: But mm-hmm. the thing that everybody thinks is the core of the internet actually wasn't installed on ARPANET until 83. Until then, it was actually using even older protocols. Mm-hmm. And then 84 rolls around. And here's where we get a couple of things happening all of a sudden real fast. Uh, the first Mac is released at 2500 bucks, which is the equivalent of 7000 in today's dollars.
1: Yeah. Uh, Harbin? Yeah. I or know, three right? Three weeks of astrology um, <laughs> at the executive level.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy. Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. Uh, Marsha,
0: Marsha, Marsha. See, we're back to the Brady <laughs> Bunch again.
3: But please no no Brady Bunch, Nancy Reagan,
0: no. erotic crossovers. Please. No.
3: no.
1: Why not? Why not? I bleach. I mean no. God okay.
2: Rule thirty-four. I,
1: I Rule thirty four. Point out that it's Nancy right. Reagan is famous for such things. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and good for her. And good for her. So eighty-four is also
3: when ARPANET was restructured. Um <clears throat> this was kind of um a bit of uh uh inside baseball, but ARPANET was originally built as a communication method for nuclear weapons, and then a research tool and uh, uh, between the different uh, universities and military bases uh, associated with that, and it grew. And about 84 was when they said, you know what, I'd actually like to pull all the military functions off of this whole internet thing, uh, because we've noticed you've created Usenet, and there's a lot of stuff on here that is not military. And so they they created Milnet, and uh, and ARPANET all of a sudden started looking more and more and more um, civilian.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: This is also, uh, 1984 is Sony versus Universal City Studios. If anyone is familiar with that one, that is the uh, Betamax case. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court rules that videotaping TV shows is legal. I know, that had to be adjudicated. But uh, uh, this is the first time that they're saying, "Hey, you know, there's actually some various and sundry kinds of, of fair use, including the right to record." Okay. Um, also published at this time, Hunt for an October. Tom Clancy's first novel.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, it was wasn't it?
3: And please note, Hunt for an October is board game fanfic.
0: Oh, um, harpoon.
3: Harpoon. It is. Okay. Originally created as a, uh, a military tool for uh, uh, training exercises for um, Annapolis midshipmen.
0: My dad actually played it at the Navy War College as part of his wow. one one of his tours. Yeah.
1: That's that's I, where you have to chase down a rabbit um, and get it to have sex with you. Is that? Well, you said harpoon, so.
0: Oh, yeah, har- har- harp, not hair.
1: Oh, not gotcha. Hair. Har- gotcha. har,
0: har- Harpoon. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Are only... you from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and just as a side note, um, from, from a board game nerd or a tabletop war game nerd, even worse, um, <laughs> Har- Harpoon is notable because it's, uh, only slightly less complicated than, uh, Starfleet battles. Um, oh oh no, because, no! I think because... it's a lot less complicated.
3: Than Starfleet. <laughs> 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 so, Starfleet battle is only slightly less complicated than building the Starship
1: Enterprise.
0: Granted, <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, All right, ugh, so we got but, Hunt for an October, which is and, based on a board game. Yes, so we got some some, some
3: uh, very uh, big successful pieces of
1: fanfic coming out now, um, and. Uh, are they known as fanfic to the general public? No, no. But this would be an homage. It would be, I think, what most
3: people tend to reference it as is an homage. Yeah. Well, You'll and also I
2: think see in like fandom circles
3: mm-hmm. that there's
2: a lot of running jokes about stories that are considered classic, great pieces of literature that are absolutely fanfiction and people will make like jokes about exactly what type of tags this fanfiction would have. Like okay. my personal favorite is Dante's Inferno because Dante's Inferno is a self insert. Oh yeah. Bible fanfic where he yeah. inserts himself into the story and then tells it in his own like way and it's really funny because you're not wrong in saying that. <laughs> you're actually perfectly accurate it's and also... you can pull specific things but one of the things too especially because at this time and continuing on as we're going i'll chime in a little bit more as we start to get a little bit more into my realm but this is still highly female driven female identifying individual driven queer individuals driven and so it's considered lowbrow or subpar media um and it's really looked down upon and it's actually like still pretty looked down upon even though it's starting to get a little bit more recognized but like you'll see people take great offense
1: Mm -hmm.
2: to having like Dante's Inferno be called a fanfic
1: right because by that point it's a classic
2: exactly which for some reason they can't exist on the same plane because one has to be less
3: it's kind of odd to me how much Women driven creation seems to always be looked down upon and viewed as somehow less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is
2: interesting because yeah. when you look at doujinshi, a lot of doujinshi creators, the ones that I look at, maybe I have like a weird lens. Uh, mm-hmm. And that a lot of female creators of doujinshi wind up. Becoming well known for their work, and sometimes like rumika Takahashi being able to like work uh for publishers once their art gets noticed. But they also, the way that mangaka, the people that create the manga, the artists are treated is rough, which is a whole other thing. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent.
0: Keep going. Okay. Well, um, I don't feel bad about tangents because I'm I'm about to bring one up. Um, Okay. And it's seventy percent of what we do here, anyway, um, or more. Uh, but speaking of of the the female centric nature of of the creation, and speaking of the uh, you know fanfic ghetto, to to you know borrow a term, the, the ghettoization of of the of the genre by by outside forces. Um, there's a story that I remember hearing that uh, there was a panel at a, at a Star Trek convention and Harlan Ellison, who famously wrote an original script or the original script for city on the edge of forever was one of the panelists. And I feel terrible about this, but there was a female Star Trek writer who was there at the table. There was, there's a woman there who was a Star Trek writer
1: it's okay had gotten it's okay huh? that there are female Star Trek writers you don't have to feel terrible about that
0: yeah i feel i feel <laughs> terrible that i don't remember her name that's what oh, i'm saying sorry okay. i feel i feel awful that i don't remember her name but um she had gotten noticed based on fan fiction that she had written and then had gotten a place at the table and um harlan ellison opened his remarks uh at at the panel and this is harlan ellison who famously was was convinced he was always the smartest guy in the room which to be fair a lot of the time he was but he was a prick about it uh he opened it up by making some kind of remark uh to the effect of well you know uh here we are uh you know uh alumnus alumnus uh, alumni of of the of the star trek writing room and then he pointedly looked at the only woman on the panel, and said, "And fanfic writers." Wow. And then and cool. then carried on with his remarks. And I don't remember who the woman was, and I don't remember what her writing credits were. And I feel terrible about it.
3: I, I am not positive. This is this is I'm, I'm pulling from the memory banks here over in the Smith household, but I believe that was Diane Carey. Okay. And um, if so, uh, in my opinion, one of my favorite um, Star Trek writers uh, of uh, of novels. Uh, So she's got uh, two that I would tell anybody to read, um, Dreadnought and Battle Stations. And they are a million billion percent fanfic. Uh, I mean – so many tropes that, that you have for bad fanfic writing and then they are instead taken and they are amazingly awesome mm-hmm. um when they announced the uh, next generation uh, tv series i was kind of disheartened to discover they were not going to be using those books as, as their bible um at the time uh cuz they were just that good um it it involves the next generation involves a a, a um cast of uh uh, recent Academy graduates who are idolizing the heroes of the enterprise, you know, as, as, who, who've just come back from their five year mission being awesome. And, um, you know, you've got the uh, uh, young uh, 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 captaincy candidate who's a woman, and the uh, uh, Vulcan who's been kicked out of the Vulcan Science Academy, that she has a uh, troubled, extensive history with and 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 many issues and there's the a uh, uh, southern uh, uh, engineering student with a, a a twangy drawl and uh uh folksy uh uh at down homeisms um oh yeah
0: you know it kind of sounds like what what i'm what i'm noticing is the some of the dynamics and the southern engineering student with the folksy drawl i know i yeah. can point to a specific character in a star trek series and go hey wait a minute they they did eventually pick up on that and use it
1: right
2: there's a really interesting dynamic too between fan creators and the people that create the have the intellectual property and and once we get a little bit more into like AO3 and we talk about Archive of Our Own and the team that they have and like kind of how they realize where fandom was lying and the people that are involved in fandom and how do you mm. make a community out of it. Um, there's a lot of really interesting things with seeing intellectual property holders who work with fan artists. or fan creators and bring them in um, and what they have to do legally versus in some cases where like they actually can't engage with fan content because of the intellectual property of the fan content that the fan creator has made. And so probably if you've got a character that is resembling this character that this fan writer created, they probably had to do some kind of legal um, agreement in order to be able to use the intellectual property of this fan creator creating content within the intellectual property of another person. It's really interesting.
3: Well, in this particular case, uh, uh, Dreadnought and Battle Station were uh, uh, both published by Pocket Books. So um, mm. uh, Paramount uh, uh, got their cut that way.
2: <laughs> okay. So then, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, but she absolutely started out that at least in Star, in Star Trek that way. Um
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh at this point we get to 91.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Al Gore creates the high performance computing act of 1991. He actually wrote it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is where that whole endless joke about Al Gore created the internet comes from is in right. a certain sense he kind of did. Mm-hmm. Uh created the um Funding to work on web browsing and to build a fiber infrastructure across America. This is when our internet speeds start looking not like one twelfth of one
1: percent of what you see as the bottom basement now. Yeah, it went to like the 14.4 um, modems.
3: 28.8.
1: Mm. I remember, I'm reading that in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, by the, the mid 90s, it was 26K and it, it kind of topped out there until you get to like, DSL and cable and stuff. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. But like yeah, you're and, talking about and, 91, 92, that's about the 144 era. Mhm. Yeah. And this were um 91
3: is also when the World Wide Web project was announced on a news group and the very first web page was written in 1991. And uh <clears throat> This is uh, kind of a probably a good time to mention the structure of Usenet because this is where I um, become much more involved in in the actual story of fanfic. Uh, so, Usenet addresses are basically backwards from web addresses. Um, the web address, the, the 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 big overarching structure is on the right. So, uh, www.google.com, mm-hmm. the com, the commercial group owned by Google, here's their web server. Right. Uh, Usenet went the other direction. And so the first, the leading bit was uh, um, describing what general category. And for all of fandom, it would be under alt, alternate or, or alternative. Because this was not the things that Usenet was originally built for, AKA what everybody actually wanted to use it for. Right. Uh. And uh, depending on your fandom, it was either Alt-TV, Alt-movie, Alt-books, and then from there, whatever your fandom group was. So, uh, as someone who was an X-Files writer, that was uh, Alt-TV X-Files Creative, because it was uh, separate from the discussion forums or those kind of things. Here's where you'll find stories and uh this period gets kind of a little wacky because we're talking about um i kind don't of think the kind of uh how to put it uh
1: and they've completely lost its plot so you got the alt fandoms thank you yeah yeah just totally went off the rails there it uh, happens <laughs> to me anytime ed starts telling a story at the beginning because it's always like really fascinating and i'm like I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so I get you. I get you. I completely get you. All right. So. COVID, fandoms, man, it, yeah. It gets you.
3: Yeah. Uh, no, uh, the old fandoms all had, or these various little, uh, groups, each associated to their different fandom and having their different creative uh, writing groups. But unlike the old days of, um, fanzines that were printed at, uh, conventions that are printed and distributed at conventions, um, these groups one came to your house or your university. They they were just showed up on the computer. You could mm-hmm. so they were a lot easier to get to, and they were a lot more ephemeral. There wasn't any storing of these things. So right. if your uh, server admin only retained thirty days of uh, of Usenet postings, if you didn't read it, it's gone. It's gone. And uh, yeah. oh yeah, so it's kind of a, it was a. All of a sudden, a lot more writing. A lot more people had access to it. Um, the cost of entry, I mean, when you look at the uh, cost of a computer being $7,000, you're thinking the cost of entry is ludicrously high. Right. But uh, when you're dealing with universities, when you're dealing with businesses, those costs are being borne by somebody else.
0: Right. Yeah, I and, was gonna um, that the, it it occurred to me when when you when you talk about the the access to it, um, this would I don't know if it would intensify any kind of any kind of skew, white collar and university educated, but it would definitely reinforce that tremendously based on okay
1: yeah quite so, in the same way that doing all those psych experiments on college campuses skews your sample data toward, yeah. you know, 20-year-olds wanting beer money. <laughs> so basically all 20-year-olds. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that this is absolutely true. And you get um, also a couple other kinds of weird drifts that, that uh, really show up. Uh, you'll see an awful lot more um, resemblance to like the uh, other niche uh, publications, like mystery novels or similar, where they rely on somebody's um, personal professional knowledge base being extremely, usually, you know, the mystery novel writer is telling about poisons or, you know, bot fly larvae rates or whatnot. You'll start seeing all this kind of thing appearing now in fanfic because it's being written by uh, college students or uh, college grad students um, who are buried uh, up to their
1: eyebrows in one technical, uh, class or another. Right. And that starts coming out in these, in these, uh, stories. I mean, you see that in authorship in the seventies. I mean, Ken Kesey famously wrote one flew over the cuckoo's nest, uh, based on his experiences as an orderly, if I recall correctly in a, in a mental facility. Um, and then Absolutely. you see Michael Crichton writing the pilot to ER back in the seventies, uh, based on his experience as a med student. Um, so it would make sense that fanfic stuff would also be that same kind of thing. By the way, I should just point out, Michael Crichton, anybody should read
3: his earliest works back when he was a med student because that was actually, I think, some of his absolute best work. Uh, there is a wonderful uh, uh, novel there that is based around um, – the abortion rights debate and, and the role of, of doctors in saving people's lives, uh, and the lives of actual people, not the lives of clusters of cells. And, uh, I mean, quite frankly, it was pretty, um, uh, pretty solid stuff for, uh, being written in, I think that was 78 or 79. Anyway, I, any chance I can pitch, uh, his writing from the days when uh, it was a little bit less sensational, I I encourage. So we can get to 1993 is when NCSA Mosaic browser was created. That's the very first web browser. 1993 is is the first of the, the start of the actual web. Okay. The World Wide Web goes online August 4th, 1997, removing human decisions from strategic defense. The web begins to learn rapidly and eventually becomes self-aware, 2.14 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, August 29th, 1997. In a panic, humans try to shut down the – I'm sorry, hang on. uh, I'm reading the wrong note. That was Skynet. Uh, Never mind. Uh, The web's fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything's great. Uh, And um, having multi-billionaires by media companies will not go awry in any fashion. Don't
1: worry about it.
0: No. Um, certainly not. So hmm. with
3: with
1: the web... This is why we tax them less, actually, because then they'll be able to make better decisions with their amount that of makes, money. Yeah. That makes such a good idea. I think yeah. It's worth a try.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So, all right. Uh, between the 80s and up to 93, if you had the internet at home, likely what you had was... AOL or CompuServe. Mm -hmm. And these were walled gardens. You can dial into that company's servers and see the content they have on their server for you to see, and you can send emails in and out, but not a lot else. Uh, with, With this, with the creation of the actual web, uh, it was literally a year later, ninety four, that they they opened up those walled Gardens and said, "Okay, we'll we'll allow you to get out onto this whole internet thing, although we don't like it." Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when they started calling for the death of AOL with service saying, "Ah, oh, the, these, com- these businesses are going, to, these businesses are going to stop being going concerns." This is also um, an interesting piece here. It happens. Uh, with the uh we mentioned the the uh Sony uh Betamax case back in eighty-four. Mm-hmm. Between eighty-four and ninety-four got this 10-year period where fanfic goes into the uh video space. People start editing videos, predominantly music videos.
1: But now you can AMVs. take these vid- AMVs. AMV is-
2: and they, it is animated music video.
1: Yes, indeed. Yep. And,
2: and they will splice scenes from various animations over songs that generally get claimed by fandom as like the song for whatever it is that you're trying to do. And it, um, fascinatingly, uh, has carried into TikTok. Okay. Yes. It, First and, one and... came up on my For You page, and let me tell you, I was sitting there going, what year
3: is it? <laughs> Time
0: yes. is a flat disc.
3: Well, Yay. I I, rem- I remember going to cons <laughs> back in the in the uh early nineties, and mm-hmm. there would be a, a showing room, a video room that was yes. playing endless streams of people's AMVs or or, or uh, mm-hmm. music videos, and it was like uh MTV had been taken over uh by studio Toho. I mean um <laughs>
2: I mean, some of them are really well known, like even oh. to this day, there are some that like people, or they would do it too, where like they would, um, instead of it being a music video, they would use it with voiceovers of like um, audio memes, yes. like yeah. the the one of the soup aisle, I'm at the soup store, yes. um, which is insane and is literally just people yelling about how they're at a soup store and there's only soup aisles. It's as weird as you would imagine it is. If you don't so, know what it is, I highly encourage you to look it up.
1: When you say audio meme, are you like, I'm thinking of a modern equivalent of like, what is your name? Tony. Is that yes. like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, and yeah. then yeah, you just plug like that, that into other circumstances,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, okay. paste, yeah. Like paste that audio over clips. other
1: stuff. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, okay, yeah. cool. Um.
0: Yeah. And there was like I I vividly remember. And Sean, I don't remember whether this was one you made or if you were just like this is so awesome you have to
3: see it. I do this sharing it with you.
0: Okay. Um. But I was still in my Metallica phase at that point in college, oh, and these, these somebody these. had done somebody <laughs> had done, and I don't remember the anime series, but it was like a magical girl series that they had done. Uh, Enter Sandman. Over clips from it, and I'm character? trying to remember which snow, no, no, I might no, I might be wrong when I say magical no, was, girl, but it, it was a female a, it was, protagonist, uh, science kind fiction,
3: of, horrory kind of uh
0: yeah, 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 uh, but uh, yeah, hmm. and and I remember that one being especially well done, like the was, the editing was on that creepy. one was absolutely pitch perfect, and yeah,
3: it was much better than the actual music video that the band put together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. didn't have to look at Headfield. So right there.
2: I mean, like, even in the yeah. early 2000s, we had um, what they would do, where they would do like um, almost like misheard lyrics with songs that were heavily associated with certain series, um, particularly Carmel Danson, which is initially in Swedish. Um, and people would make AMVs of this song that had the misheard lyrics in English. And I mean, they were ridiculous. But I I still I still if I have the Swedish version, if I hear the Swedish version, I will still sing the wrong lyrics from these AMVs because they were that like catchy. you were just inundated with it. Yeah. And it was catchy, but it was also like, oh yeah, it was like do Liz with sounds like if you don't speak Swedish. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: um, and, and one other bit of interesting thing happens here in '94 is uh, this is when the uh, Blake 7 Star Trek crossover music video, which I don't necessarily get because I've never really been a Blake 7 fan, but the only reason to bring this up is because this is the first digitally edited fan film. It was actually done on a computer in '94, in uh, which is kind of wild that goes back to the start of the age of the power PC uh, chipset and stuff like that. So we're we're going back to where that was kind of uh, ludicrously ambitious. Um, 95 is when the internet becomes privately owned. The first PlayStation comes out. Uh, and over on um, my part of the world, the Gosmer project starts. So the Gossamer Project is very specifically linked to the X-Files fandom. Um, There are other versions for other fandoms, but effectively, the part about um, Usenet being ephemeral, uh, several different people have said, you know, I don't like this. I I think we should be collecting these somewhere. And with the birth of the internet, uh, different people have then created their own archives. The Gossamer uh, Project which is still around, although they've stopped accepting new works in 2016, but uh, they're still it's still out there. If you look for fluky.gossamer.org, you'll find it. Um, collects all of the the uh, X-Files fanfic that had been uh, posted to Usenet. And uh, you start seeing these pop up, one for X-Files, one for the Star Trek uh, uh, groups, one for the... Um, uh, uh, sliders, the space above and beyond people, the uh, um, separate one for the uh, people who like the, the uh, Superman, Batman, DC heroes, and that kind of thing. Because uh, that was also when the Superman, Batman uh, animated series was out. So all of a sudden, a lot of new people were becoming fans of that and, and being introduced to, the, to kind of DC's version of the Ultimate Universe, of, uh, you know, uh, let's redo all the origin stories and, and update them a little bit.
1: Um, <clears throat> so this predates the ultimate series of Marvel too. It does actually. Uh, uh, and again, we're starting to see this kind of recursive effect. Um, And again, we go back, you, you want to go back far enough shit. We can, you know, like you said, Dante's Inferno, uh, you know, Romeo and Juliet is just fanfic of, you know, Tristan and he but like, Mm -hmm. It's recursive, like, the fans take it, run with it, and then the people who own the IP are like, well, shit, that's a good idea. And And then they fold it into the IP.
2: But this is also where you start to see that really cool blend of these fans growing up and starting to get jobs in these areas of IP that they are huge fans of. And so what you've got is them in the IP, able to work with the IP, and then they start reinventing some of the material so that it is updated for modern, younger audiences to bring them into the fandom, which is why we have so many versions of the Joker and so many versions of Harley Quinn and so many versions of Wonder Woman. I mean, when you look at it, it's fan fiction all the way down, but yeah that's what we really start to see and it's really really interesting
3: there's yeah, this there's, is where we start seeing the writers room start to be more like uh the 15 to 20 percent female writers rather than the uh one percent it had been right mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and again like <laughs> the only difference between fanfic and uh canon it starts to be who has the the ip yeah um, yeah very much
2: for
3: now, and uh, for now, and uh, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the 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 end of this era of of the Usenet is is basically nigh. Is is nineteen ninety eight is basically the end of it. Um, so things I was kind of shocked to discover happened in nineteen eighty eight. Did you know that a nineteen uh, a year old Russian seaman uh, barricaded himself in the torpedo room of an Akula class? Uh, submarine and tried to detonate the the uh, the the uh, torpedoes and thus the the nuclear reactor in ninety eight.
0: I had heard about that case. Yeah, I don't remember the details, but um... as I'm digging in, I
3: was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I I I was staggered to find out this is something that happened in my lifetime. Um, unrelated to anything else, just you discover things that are just not on the news. Um so we get to nineteen ninety eight, the very first multi-fandom automated web archive fanfiction.net is launched
2: i got opinions about it
3: what's that
2: i've got opinions about fanfiction.net but oh wait
1: well they are before we get there before we get back there let's let's back it up just a hair um so you you blazed through the the 80s which is fair because nothing of of good happened um, but <laughs> in the 90s, you have a lot of shifts uh, and and reactions um, to things. You have uh, several cases that um, allow women into formerly male spaces only. Uh, you had several court cases uh, regarding uh, federally funded schools uh, that do that. Um, you had Don't Ask, Don't Tell. You had also the Contract with America, uh, the Culture Wars. Um, You also have some really major uh, intellectual properties damn near go bankrupt um, in the mid-1990s. Marvel was looking for ways to sell um, its licensing to other people and could not find any. It was almost a dead brand in a lot of ways.
0: Well, Um, and that's that's the time period that's responsible for us not getting to see Spidey and the X-Men and mm -hmm. the Avengers together on screen until and I'm you know, kind of, the megalith that is Disney bought them
1: all. I'm kind of glad for that, considering okay, yeah. what the Fantastic Four movie was. <laughs> um, what Fantastic not, Four movie? Yeah, I didn't think they uh, did <laughs> And I'm not talking about the ones that were released uh, in, in the 2000s. <laughs> um, I'm talking about the one that was made just to keep the copyright going. Um, but you're seeing a lot of um, uh, reactionaryism. Um in 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 the political sphere um and and so i'm starting to note that and you're starting to see a splintering of things you know you've got vertigo you've got dark horse those get kind of really start to grab on the public zeitgeist in the 1990s people are getting sick of just marvel and dc and marvel and dc are restarting and rebooting in six different ways
0: yeah well vertigo yeah started out as an imprint under DC as a way for them to do right i'm thinking the image spooky program. weird you you yeah. are thinking of image yeah. i think but but you know vertigo vertigo is an attempt by dc to deal with that right. that kind of fracturing of 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 the of the market right. you know because but vertigo you're... was where they did all the literary spooky
1: yeah but you're shit. seeing a fracturing of yeah. what had previously been fairly monolithic or, uh, you know, uh, polarized um, intellectual properties. Uh, Again, I would point out uh, ECW works its way in. Uh, You start to see the rise of independent wrestling. You start to see um, things imploding on themselves and then having to reinvent themselves. So by the time we get to 1998, you also have a Republican Party that is trying like hell to find ways to delegitimize the Clinton era. Um, and luckily for them, he is kind of a dipshit and a monster in a lot of personal ways. Um, and uh, so they're able to grab onto that. But you start to see 24 uh, hour news cycles also starting to fracture and splinter, um, giving birth to uh, a, a, an entertainment group that purports to be news um, in terms of grabbing a huge market share. And you know, I'm not saying these things didn't exist previously, but now they're really starting to gain traction. And I just find it interesting that as these things are happening, that's when you see. I, I don't want to say a centralization because I don't know what you're about to tell us, but there's a website that is specifically fanfic. Like there's almost like, OK, this is the Coca-Cola brand of fanfic. And and, and I would love to hear more uh, about this. And so I'll be quiet in a second. But. Amidst all this splintering of the main stuff is when it sounds like the, the fanfic is really starting to come to the fore. Very much. And you, I mean, it's it's like you were there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but the I wasn't paying part, attention. But you weren't paying attention. Well, it's okay. It was the 90s. No one was paying attention. Uh, why else do you think the music sounded like that? Um, yeah, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway out of the out of the out of what happens with fan uh, with fanfic fanfiction.net is that with usenet they they were unowned and thus they were unstoppable. I mean it was full on um serenity can't stop a signal mal that the
0: it was it was and it was literal anarchy. There yes. there was mm-hmm. no there, there was no
2: rule. There was yes. nothing except for the fact that I think you had to be 18 to register, but we all know that you don't have to actually prove it to be 18 to
3: register. Oh, oh no. Well, on the Usenet, it was, it was, there was absolutely nothing. The Usenet was oh, just yeah, Wild Wild West. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so the amount of things you would see, the, the, the people's voices that you wouldn't have previously heard was phenomenal and was even more democratized and and um and available and i just heard from people i had never you know and lives i'd never encountered before so of course all good things must come to an end and um so we've now come to the uh to the so that rise. Was 94 right that was 94 actually yeah. uh yeah. and uh, uh so we now have um the rise of the gatekeepers and that's the, that's the end of the silver surfing age. Cause we always have to have gatekeepers for some inexplicable reason.
2: You've also got this really interesting phenomenon of fan fiction becoming a lot more known, um, in like the mainstream consciousness, because when you have like a website that specifically exists, for fanfiction submissions and to archive these submissions, um, people become more aware of it. And so in becoming more aware of it, you start to have IPs that maybe weren't as aware of it or weren't as engaged with it become abundantly more aware, especially of the quantity um, and the amount of interactions that are occurring. Um, But with fanfiction.net, it was I mean it is. It's fully automated. The rating system, there's no accountability and the rating system is oh, really like
3: oh we, we should, oh we should we should mention huh? how you get to the rating systems though. Because that it didn't start with that. No. They they, they started they, off with a not a bad idea. as no. with most things. It mm-hmm. was a great idea. Uh I almost want to do I mean Ed can you convert it into uh Babylon 5 uh uh opening crawl cuz i feel like that's <laughs> I'm
0: I'm see so you put me on the spot and now i don't remember the Babylon 5 opening crawl um five stations were founded to be to be uh uh points of contact Points? But, of, did you say points? But there of was light? a sixth station and made, and it was
1: <laughs> hidden from the other five. and Now, yes. two yes. fat hobbits. But they were all deceived. Or, exactly. Yeah, for yeah. a
0: for a sixth so. for a sixth station was constructed. Right. Um. Oh well. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I I I'm I'm letting I'm letting down the Straczynski side. Or like but I'm sorry, um, man. Am I right? Yeah. Oh.
1: Oh yeah. God. <laughs> I got them all. I got all three. That was good. That, that was really good. That, curious,
0: like, that one, that one, that one, that one did apparently go as intended.
1: Yes, that was nice.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so, so fanfiction mm-hmm. is still going strong now, and now they've even got mobile app versions of their, of their location. Um, mm. I do. It, it mm. works. It I know. Depends on the age Wanted... group.
2: It's, nah.
3: yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm and saying it exists. There you go. So it, it
2: exists.
3: Yes. Yeah. By the way, when I mentioned uh, the Usenet is the origin of uh, flames and flame wars, I, I, <laughs> there are reasons I brought that up. <laughs> so, uh, what happens here is something kind of interesting and kind of deeply unfortunate. Um, Ninety-eight is when they're launched. They start like pulling their uh, readers shortly thereafter, and by two thousand, uh, the average age uh of their readers was down in the teens mm-hmm. um so it had dropped precipitously. You know, I, I, when i say teens please know i'm talking 13 to 18. Yeah. uh not you because know because
2: initially for fanfiction.net, you had to be 18 or older in order to engage with the material but then in the early 2000s or 2000 i think they dropped it to 13. Right. you had to be 13. Um, to engage, and then that's where the rating system kind of
3: blows up. Mm-hmm. Okay. It didn't work so well. So what happens is they're 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 a multi fandom uh archive. Hey, put stuff up there, and their idea was not a problem. We're a bunch of fans, everybody here's you know minimally competent and not a complete jackass. First mm-hmm. error. Uh, so we'll have mm-hmm. a rating system that is intended to let you know what you're getting into. So it's purely, uh, 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 you have to register to, to post, but vol- the ratings are voluntary. And they're roughly based Vague. on the MPAA uh, movie. Uh, uh, exactly. And have just the exact same level of specificity and exactitude that the MPAA has. Absolutely mm-hmm. none.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I was going to say, that's that's a low bar. That's a very low bar for
2: With FanFiction.net, one of the other things that they wound up doing was initially they had an NC-17 rating. And then once they saw that a majority of the people that were interacting with it, they purged the NC-17 content.
3: This happens in 2002. Yes. And
2: the issue, though, is that what they consider to be NC-17 content also includes most queer material, regardless of explicitness, and so a majority of queer I, content gets purged.
3: I would clarify: there's a couple of details there that are I would tweak a little bit. Um, it isn't so much maybe your majority it than me. Well, <laughs> perhaps, but part of it is also mm-hmm. it wasn't that the majority of 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 gay content so much as it was gay content was rated more explicit for the same material. Yes. So exactly. A lot of gay content was and remains there, but mm-hmm. if you even if you have a
0: pair of <sighs> if you have a pair of gay characters kissing, that's going to be an R rather than a PG thirteen.
3: Bingo, right. and yeah, and that's the that, that's the problem. No, so it gets ghettoized It gets getaways. Yes. Yeah. So, now yeah. there are there are in point of practical fact actually there isn't a purge of fanfic. There is two in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Um. They say, wow, most of our our readers are kids, and we've got to think of the children. And so they uh, um, go through and they notify our authors that, hey, you know, this stuff is we're going to be pulling us down. Um, There's there's a a notice period, and it's kind of done
1: openly publicly, and they announce it. Christ, this sounds like Tumblr from a few years ago. It, yeah, yeah,
3: 2019
1: it's, it's, it's Tumblr. We'll get there. Okay, it's,
0: it's the same. it's the
3: same cycle. Yeah. And yeah. point of fact, mm-hmm. when when this happens, um, there was another site, a horrible, awful one called uh, adultfanfiction.org, which was a used to be Buffy Angel. It still exists, uh, although it it's now completely broken. The the it uses the language that's no longer supported by anybody so they can't shit, fix any of the errors and it's been down for a while but um if you
2: want to go on an adventure though open don't. it in a phone browser no it's hilarious to watch oh, it try to cope with a phone browser i was sitting there like going i can't even find the bottom of it it's really funny
3: oh dear <laughs> it's um, great but so people, some people switched over to using AFF for their uh, material. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some people moved to Tumblr. Some people moved to LiveJournal.
2: LiveJournal and, and Zanga.
3: And unfortunately for the rest of us, uh, Tumblr, LiveJournal, and Zanga don't have a integration into a search engine for you to say, "Hey, I want to go read these authors. Can you go find this for me?" And mm-hmm. it was very it was, it, that was incredibly sad. I'm
2: wondering um, if we should pause here, though, because I'm thinking that could be the next part. Where are we at time? Because I feel like this is a good break before it brings us into Citrus and in the tagging system.
1: Is this a logical breaking spot? Because, I mean... I
2: feel like it might be. Do you think so, Jean? I,
3: I could picture it being uh, at the end of the Silver perfect Age. I could picture it being here. I could picture it being at the end of the Bronze Age. I think... I, picture all kinds of things. I
0: think thematically, this is probably a good spot for us to pause.
2: Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because then we can go off on our rating adventure and archive of our own <laughs> and how Tumblr, LiveJournal, and et cetera laid the groundwork for the rating system, followed by the God tier rating system that is AO3. <laughs> cool. I'm not all biased right. at all. No,
0: no, no, not not in the least. Clearly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Clearly a, a pillar of of, of uh nonpartisanship. You I'm are.
2: so neutral you could call me yeah.
3: Switzerland. Switzerland really never really been neutral you No, know,
0: not, not actually neutral. that anyway. Um we're getting <laughs> off the subject.
1: <laughs> yeah. Stop killing my joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh then <laughs> that being the longest way to get to, yes, this is a stopping point. Um there we so, go. Uh, let's let's go around the horn. Uh, what are people recommending that we read? Uh, Ed, we'll start with you.
0: Um, I am going to very strongly recommend in preparation for uh, my dissertation on cyberpunk. Um, I'm going to recommend that people go out and see if either online, probably online trying to find a PDF would be the, be the easiest way to do this. Um, I want folks to go out and look for a copy of the original uh, Cyberpunk role-playing game uh, that is set in uh, the the far off future year of 2013, um, because the the setting as written for the first edition of that game was an amazingly strong distillation of all literally all of the other sources that I've mentioned to you um, I think as a as a as a role-playing adaptation of a of a concept of an overarching kind of thematic setting it's amazing and it's probably one of the best ways to uh, familiarize yourself with what cyberpunk sounds like so cool. that's that's my recommendation
1: all right. Sean, what are you recommending? Uh, I'm going to recommend that uh,
3: anybody interested should go take a look at the Gossamer Archive, uh, which is uh, still online. And if you dig in there, there are a couple of authors. Um, uh, Livengu and uh, Amperage or two of them. The uh, third one is Unique, spelled Y-O-U-K-N-E-E-K. Uh, there were uh, some writing partners of mine. Uh, I will say, uh, definitely 18 and up, but um, some of the best fanfic you're gonna read,
1: some of the best writing you're gonna read. All okay, right, cool. Uh, and uh, Tessa, what are you recommending?
2: I literally can't remember if I recommended this last name, but if you are somebody who also abhors a certain author who created a world of wizard and the absolute turf bullshit um, that they have done Um, and you would like to instead read something that would, if she could find a way to do it and scourge it from the internet because it's gay as hell um, and better than her books actually Um, I highly recommend that you read this one. It is a cult classic many people have read it before but it's all the young dudes um which is a marauders era fan fiction um focusing specifically on remus lupin um from before his arrival as a student at hogwarts um up until he's on the train in the prisoner of azkaban um it's i'm not kidding it's better than anything JK Rowling could ever hope to read. I are right. I literally knew what was coming and still sobbed my eyes out. It was so well done. Um, Lore is created that fills potholes. There's consistency. There is nuance and depth to these characters that are literally mentioned maybe two or three times ever. Um, Full personalities, full backstories. Um, The world building is just incredible. Um, It's by Ms. K. Dean. I can't remember the numbers. I want to say 5869. But if you just search all the young dudes, I mean, it it has a fandom of its own and I I can't recommend it enough. I took a long time to read it. So I regret that.
1: (laughs) Very cool. Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and recommend "Warehouse Dreams," uh, which is a uh, a book by uh, friend of the show, former guest of the show, author uh, Teresa Halverson. Halverson is with an e at the end. Uh, Halverson, um, and it's "Warehouse Dreams." Um, it's uh, it's essentially it's a it's a coming of age romance um, about people with uh, special abilities, um, supernatural abilities uh and, and stuff like that so it's it's kind of a post apocalyptic not quite but certainly dystopian um uh story anyway I, I highly recommend it um it it combines a lot of the things I like about a lot of the other fandoms that I that I enjoy she is she's, she's an, her own original author um but I, I highly recommend that so
0: uh
1: again that's um... warehouse dreams
0: Okay, uh, real quick. Um, I realized that I gave I gave the title of what I wanted to recommend without mentioning the the authorship. Um, Cyberpunk, the role-playing game, is from Sorian Games and written by Mike Pondsmith. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure to note that. Cool.
1: All right. Uh, where does anybody want to be found if they can, in fact, be found? If there's anything you want people to go look up that you have done online, Uh, or elsewhere Uh, ed starting with you
0: um i am currently a shadow in the warp and i do not desire to be found
3: really anywhere
1: right
0: now
3: cool sean how about you oh that sounds great to me if i could be avoided to be found on the internet or on in real life actually
1: (laughs) all right uh tessa how about you (laughs)
2: <laughs> I will say that this morning, I decided to test Tumblr's porn ban oh. by sexualizing the shit out of how Wolfwood of Trigun holds his uh, Jesus nuke nine thousand. Um, so I'm not gonna put any <laughs> put any identifiers out there. Um, but if you see that, that that was me.
1: <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, uh, let's see. I am unsure when this will drop. It'll definitely be after our May show. It's probably going to be after our June 2nd show. Uh, so I encourage people on July 7th to come back to Luna's for capital punishment uh, and see me there slinging puns. I've uh, already booked it out, and it's going to be a really good uh, show, good good competition, some real good punsters, some folks returning. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be the seventh anniversary show, too, uh, which is pretty, pretty rad. So come out to that. And if you miss that, then come to the August 4th show. Uh, Same place, same time. So, uh, Ed, anything else you want to tell folks where to find us?
0: Uh, Well, um, you've obviously found the podcast somehow either on our website, wubba, 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 uh, geekhistorytime.com, or uh, through either Stitcher or the uh, Apple podcast app. Uh, wherever it is that you have found us, uh, if the option exists, uh, please make sure you subscribe. Uh, please make sure to give us the five-star rating that, you know, our guests have earned us, uh, on this outing and, um, otherwise,
1: well, for, I think that's it. I'm Damien Harmony
0: and I'm Ed
2: Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.